Hey everybody, just a quick reminder to send your questions in to c2cpmpod at gmail.com for our question and answer show that we'll be doing in a few weeks. Thanks everyone and enjoy the show. In the high desert in the great American Southwest, I'm Art Bell. Slamming into your radio like a supercharged nanoparticle of unobtainium. My name is George Van. I'm Richard Serrett. This is Connie Willis. I'm George Norrie. Welcome to Coast to Coast Day. It's great to be here. Welcome to Coast to Coast PM, the number one unofficial Coast to Coast AM podcast. We are two brothers who analyze the world's largest overnight paranormal radio show known as Coast to Coast AM. My name is Paul, and I'm the guy that listens to this inexplicable radio show here with my brother. Hey, it's Chris. I'm the Jimmy Kimmel to your Adam Carolla, but neither of us are successful comedians or funny. That is very true, Chris, but we are podcasters and that's something really excited to be here today. I was going to say Adam Carolla has a podcast. We have a podcast. Ipso facto, we are Adam Carolla. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. It's really no different. Yeah. And today on our podcast, we have an episode from the archives of our bell to cover. Okay. All right. I'm intrigued already. What are we talking about? So this is a request from Brendan from Ireland. So thanks, Brendan, for reaching out about it. And Whoa, it is, dude. That's that's across the pond. It's across the pond. We got listeners globally. We're a global podcast. Yeah. Isn't that great? Unbelievable. This episode is going to be about Madman Markham, the Missouri man that tried to build a time machine on his front porch in 1995. Did he give himself the moniker Madman? No, Art Bell actually gives that to him. Art gives him the moniker Madman. Yes, and you'll find out why today. It, it mostly has to do with building a time machine on his front porch. Mostly with being an absolute madman. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I already like using Madman anyway, so you already know I'm going to be saying Madman Markham all the time. You got to do it. It's a great nickname. Yeah. But before we get to get that, we got to go check in with Tim Banal at the Coast to Coast AM blog. Tim time. So today's article by Tim Banal. New Zealand town tired of prankster who keeps putting sausages in mailboxes. (laughs) I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to. (laughs) Uh, Tim finds the best stories. I'll tell you what. Residents of a New Zealand community are fed up with a mischievous prankster who has been leaving sausages in their mailboxes for months. For months? He's been doing this for months. Really long time. According to a local media report, the bizarre mystery began last April in the town of Surfdale on the country's Waheck Island. Surfdale actually sounds like a wonderful place to be from. It's from beautiful. Surfdale, New Zealand. Yeah. A, a beach town on an island. Who doesn't love that, man? I love it already. It was wonderful until they were plagued by sausages. By a madman who's <laughs> putting sausages in everybody's mailbox. So the initial victim named Jacob Coetzee recalls that when he first found a sausage wrapped in bread sitting in his mailbox, He dismissed it as an isolated incident that was likely the work of someone who had a bit too much to drink on that particular day. Could you imagine just being like, there's a a hot dog in my mailbox, but just somebody being goofy. 
I mean, I can see that though, where if you wake up in the morning, you check your mail, there's there's a sausage there, you're like some drunk idiot put this here. That's true. That's, like some, that, some that's drunk a good guy first. was like, this is safekeeping for my sausage. I'll come back for it. It never came. Do you back eat for the it. sausage? No, you do not. No. <laughs> back to the article. Any amusement he may have found out about the odd delivery was quickly replaced with consternation as the sausages just kept appearing. They never stopped. Every single day, this man goes to his mailbox and he's plagued by sausages. Explaining that it happens at least once a month at the very bare minimum, Coatsy eventually messaged my friends, thinking that they were playing a joke on me, and was stunned to discover that he was not the only person targeted. Do you think in the U.S. this would be considered mail fraud? I don't think so. Because <laughs> I think technically you're not supposed to put a letter without a stamp in a mailbox. I guess it is and a so sausage without a stamp. I it's don't a know. sausage without a stamp. This man would have to put stamps all over the sausage. That's a possibility. So I think <laughs> this man is committing massive fraud. It's a possibility, man. This could be a, an issue for him. This could be a felony. This is a huge felony. Quote, all of them had photos of sausages in their letterboxes, he revealed. That was when I knew it was a serious problem. To that end, when word of the weird mystery reached a local Facebook group, it quickly became the talk of the town, as even more residents of the community reported that they had also fallen victim to the prankster who has come to be known as the Surfdale Sausager. That's such a good name. That's it's such a, a good name. Here's another thing, though. This has to be incredibly expensive. This is a lot of sausage, dude. In this economy? And yeah, have you been to the grocery lately? It's expensive to buy meat. This man lives on an island off of an island. Do you know how expensive that's got to be? This guy's just blowing wads of cash on sausages for people's mailboxes. You can already get rid of like 70% of the population of the island. They can't afford to do this practical joke. Now, a cloud of suspicion has fallen over the community as residents are left to wonder who among them is behind the sausage spree. Quote, it's tearing what heck apart because we just don't know who it is, Coatsy lamented. I've been accused. My brother's been accused. It's a witch hunt. So wait, why why have these brothers been I think been because accused? he was the first one to report a sausage in his mailbox. Uh -huh. So he's being accused oh. of being the sausage guy. He who smelt it dealt it. Exactly. While fingers have been pointed at all manner of possible suspects for the cereal sausaging. Oh, my That's God. That's a good line, dude. That's a good line. Cereal sausaging. That's As of, masterful. <laughs> As of now, the identity of the prankster remains a mystery. That said, Coetzee expressed confidence that the person will eventually get caught. Speaking directly to the Surfdale Sausager, he declared, quote, I know you're out there. Just know one thing. You will be unmasked. What if, what if the guy's like, I'm not even wearing a mask. I'm just walking around. This There's probably a guy walking a dog with a backpack just putting hot dogs into people's mailboxes randomly. And he thinks he's so funny. It is he's funny. loving it. It is pretty funny. Do you think somebody like this is, is you know, our typical criminal who's like cutting out the newspaper and has like a shrine to all the articles written about the Surfdale Sausager. I hope so. I hope so. This was the first bag of sausages I ever bought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Good stuff. All right. Some quick housekeeping. We have an email address. Send your thoughts and episode requests to c2cpmpod at gmail.com. It will be in the show notes. If you like the show, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave a review and smash the subscribe button. We drop every Thursday and that'll make sure you never miss an episode. We're a couple of five star men. It's true. It's true. And thank you to everyone who has told friends about us. Uh, we grow entirely organically. So uh, if your friends are into we- weird shit, pass us along. Share the love. We're an organism. We're we're growing by by consuming minds. We're we're a small Borg right now, and as we grow, you grow with us. You grow in power. I a hundred percent agree with you all the way, Chris. Five star men. Five star men. So to our episode. Michael Madman Markham, the Missouri man that tried to build a time machine on his front porch. Madman. Madman Markham. So today we will be tracing the history of Madman Markham from 1995 to today. Now, Chris, there are some of those who think that Markham actually succeeded in his venture and got stuck in the past. So we're going to there. Yeah, we're going to find out today if that's true. There's a conspiracy that he got stuck in 1930. Go. Right, so, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't I thought know. you were going to say know. something. In the 1930, I was. I'm on the edge of my seat. All right. So let's let's start off with uh, Art Bell found a news article, and that's what kicked this entire conversation off. Okay. Kansas City Associated Press. When a Missouri factory worker set out to make a time machine on his back porch, the contraption he came up with was not completely off the mark, theoretically according to scientists. With a high-voltage electrical transformer that Michael Markham had hooked up to two vertical metal rods would more likely have killed him or blown up his house than carried him into the past or future. Time travel, though enticingly possible in the mathematics of Einstein's theory of relativity, is not likely in the physical universe, they say. Did Art just say he had a transformer? Yeah, he had a transformer. A man had a transformer. Oh, we'll get to it. He didn't just have one. He had multiple. Did, he had multiple Transformers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of power. Yeah, and apparently if you have a bunch of Transformers in your house, the cops get mad at you, which I didn't know. Yeah, that's that's an enormous amount of power. A couple mm-hmm. of Transformers would be for blocks and blocks and blocks of homes. Mm-hmm. I mean, an, an incredible amount of energy. He had a lot going on, and we'll get to the impact on the city in in a bit. How did he get these? We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. No spoilers okay. yet. All okay. right, so still still reading from the news article, because apparently the cops got pissed off at him. So are the Stanbury police who say the voltage that Markham had diverted into the contraption caused power interruptions in and around the northwest Missouri town of about 1,300. Markham had connected the metal rods to the terminals of a transformer, one of six stolen from a utility company in hopes of creating a large spark gap with ascending electrical arcs. Markham was arrested January 29th on a felony charge of stealing the transformers from a St. Joseph light and power generating station in King City. He pleaded guilty last month, was placed on five years probation. Yeah, you can't hide six transformers. This, oh, I don't know how those got there, officer. This what? guy is awesome. <laughs> Six 
He stole six Transformers? Yeah, and Transformers also are not light. They're like 400 pounds each. They're huge! Yeah. He stole six Transformers? And just had them on the porch, dude. He just just had them. Just hanging just out. On the, just on the front porch. Yeah, and then when he, when he plugged... He just used one of them, I believe. And when he plugged one of them in, it drained so much power that, like, the area was browning out. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, so he gets Mike Markham on the phone. Mike is out of prison. Uh, he's he got probation, so he's good, right? Uh, and Art Art finally tracks him down. He had to get a bunch of phone books and actually just call him directly and brought him onto the show. So naturally, first question you got to ask someone who tries to build a time machine on the front porch: How'd you get into this, Paul? You just slid over, looked him up in a phone book. Oh, yay. The hell else would you find him in 95? Yeah, that's absolutely true. But we may have listeners who don't know what you just said. <laughs> Looking them up in the phone book. Does Gen Z know about phone books? How does that work? They may not, dude. It was a giant yellow thing that had the list of everybody's house number. And they Man. gave they just gave it to you every single year. I don't know if we paid for it. They just showed up. I think they were free. They would just show up. They just showed up. It was the yellow page. I don't know where they came from, but they it were just, always there. It was always there. You just, you would go out and you're like, oh, mom, we got a new yellow pages. And you would take your, your giant 10 pound book that you kept in your kitchen drawer. You would toss that one out and then you would put the new updated one in. And then you call and, the guy who made a time machine. And then somehow art gets this random small town phone book. And it's just like, well, l- let me see if I can find Madman Markham in the phone book. And he did. He did. And he did. All right. So <laughs> how did Markham get into this, Chris? I have no idea. Well, why did it? But well, That's a good question. I didn't even ask that. Why did this begin in the first place? What were you trying to do in the first place? Uh, originally, I just set out to make a fancy Jacob's Ladder, and this was like what I got, what it turned, what it turned out to be. Uh uh, I didn't Sorry, like, a lot of people don't know what a Jacob's Ladder is. Tell them what it is. Uh, simply, in a nutshell, it's a, a, like two metal rods with a spark going up in between it. And once it reaches the top, it starts back to the bottom again. So, that yeah. kind of deal, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, like from a Frankenstein movie. Yeah. That's all he wanted to do. He, it was a simple man. And this, I mean, this is how the greatest things are discovered, Chris is by accident you got to have that eureka moment why did he need six transformers to make a jacob's ladder well you need some power to do it i don't know if you he would need one so he Can't, he starts smaller he starts couldn't smaller. you just go to spencer's gifts and no, buy no. A, a jacob's ladder i think you could i don't know if they have those in spencer's gifts but he's trying to make a real one a real one, not a little homemade one. Yeah, he wants like a, a awesome Jacob's ladder. Right. He wants right. the one that the university losers are doing. He's like, I can do that. He wants the Frankenstein one, dude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what he's going for. So he also has these transformers. And the funny thing about it is that he just keeps winding the transformer up to really get it as amped as possible. 
Well, the 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 small transformer had to change the hundred. I don't know how many turns. I lost count. I never bothered to count the second. Uh, about 450 turns in the primary. So you just kept winding. <laughs> yeah, until it got roughly 20,000 volts. 20,000 volts. Yeah. So you went from 110 to 20,000. Yeah, roughly. Roughly. Um. All right. Um. With uh, without, I take it very much current. Well. Uh, Actually, quite a bit. About roughly, it was about three. It was drawing about three thousand watts. So. Oh. Yeah. So I was. I was. Let's see. Uh, it's probably about tenth of an amp. Tenth of an amp. All yeah, right. Well, that's considerable amount when it's yeah. twenty thousand volts behind. Paul, there was a lot of science right there. Did you look up any of that to explain it to us? Oh boy, did I. Thank so, God, dude, because he was just saying amps and whatever, and I was like, dude, I don't even know what you're talking about, bro. So I actually went and looked up how a transformer works, because I didn't know. <laughs> no idea, dude. Zero clue at all. I just, it's a box thingy, and power comes out, and Get, if it goes it. boom, it's bad. Juice it. Give it juice. That's I've all I can him. tell you. <laughs> I've seen him blow in a tornado before, and it was really right. scary. Yeah, it's horrifying, um, dude. It's gi- it's a gigantic arc. Yeah, it it was it was like a gigantic green blast of energy. It's a lot um, of power, mm-hmm. a lot of power. Now, uh, from the Electronics Projects Focus website, uh, I learned what winding a transformer means. So, transformer winding includes different turns of copper coil bundles, where every bundle is connected to a form of a winding. Windings mainly depend on the input-output supply, otherwise on the range of voltage. The operation is that the primary winding gets electrical energy from the source, whereas the secondary winding transmits electrical energy to the load. Now, Chris, did that make any sense to you? Not one sense at all. I I thought you were going to dumb this down for me. No, I actually don't get it, and I don't really care enough to figure it out. So I'm just going to say he got a lot of power out of it. Just juiced it. He just juiced it up. He just kept winding that shit. And the more you wind it, the more juice you got. So I was right. He, yeah. he juiced it. If we have okay. an electrical engineer out there, please write in and explain this. But I I, I couldn't figure yeah, it out. Yeah, we may do like an addendum on the episode. If you if you do a – if I can understand what you're saying, we will put it on the episode. There was things like induction. Like I have no idea no. what was going on. Zero. Oh, was electromagnetism's I- involved. Zero. Um, dude, I didn't take calculus in high school, dude. I don't even know what it means. So I don't, I, I don't even know what it is. It's just like uh, Sir Isaac Newton, big brain on that guy. So mm-hmm. he was probably right. But I'll let the big brains, the nerds in the universities do the thinking about that. Yeah. So needless to say, uh, we're going to skip the science part and just get into the him having six transformers and try to make a time machine part. Because I feel like that's Let's the get best to that part. part. That's the best part. <laughs> so he got the Jacob's ladder working, right? So he's got this zzz, zzz, like going up and down on the two rods that he has on his porch. He actually made it. He, he made actually it. makes the Jacob's ladder. Yeah, Boom. it was totally functional. Totally this functional. guy is uh, that's unbelievable to me. That's incredible. That really is incredible. There's no ingenuity like that in America anymore. Yeah. And I think I think he was an electrical engineer. So uh, he had a, he has a background of this, but he's only 21. So he got it all working. But then he noticed something pretty strange about this Jacob's ladder. Uh, there's like that spark's pretty hot. So you're going to have like a heat signature like right above it. But uh, You mean kind of like a haze? 
a hazy uh, glow or something? Well, kind of like like wavy. If you ever like, if you like, take a, a lighter and like look right above it, you'll see like you'll like see like the heat from it. That's right. You know, it's like real faint. But uh, now I was expecting. Uh, I know that it's going to be like uh, probably an extra like like a bigger heat signature from the laser, but uh, uh, this one was like strange, like uh, almost the right above it. It was like the regular uh, heat signature, but it was like a circular shape in the center. Sort of like a um, a glow. Uh, not really a glow. It's like if if you don't really look at it, you can't see it. Kind of like. Uh, uh, circuit, it's like kind of like circular shaped in the center, and that was like I was. It's like I didn't know what the at first I didn't know what it was. Paul, do you have like a diagram of this thing? Because I can't really get in my head what exactly he's trying to explain. Yeah. So what oh, we're sweet. looking at here, Chris, is essentially two rods that are sparking in between each other, right? And then there's a electric current going up and down it but in the center of that current he noticed what seemed to be some sort of sphere or ball that was just kind of existing and we'll put this in the show notes we'll put this in the show notes so everybody can see it because this is nuts I, this is not at all what i was imagining in my head so you'll definitely need to take a look at this picture yeah so he he notices this thing right this this ball of energy that's just kind of existing in the middle of it and he doesn't know what it is right and that's what got him curious. He's like, something's going on here inside of the Jacob's ladder that I built. How did he figure out what it was? So he did what any normal person would do, Chris. He started throwing shit into it. Dude, <laughs> that's a Mel's hole, dude. That's a Mel's hole. I told you I love this man. Yeah, that's a, oh man. And if you haven't listened to the Mel's hole episode, stop right now, go back and listen to it. Then come back right here because- <laughs> That's a Mel's Hole man, dude. We, we got to return to Mel's Hole at some point. There's a whole other section of Mel's Hole where, like, he runs off to Australia and stuff and finds another hole. Up to you, dude. I'm a follower in this. You're the leader. <laughs> we'll get back to it eventually. So he has some screws sitting around, so he throws it into the vortex that's been created. Throwing a, a bolt or a screw or something? Uh, yeah, sheet metal screw. Uh, see, I didn't know what this thing was, and it was like... I don't know. I just got the notion to throw a screw in it to see like what it did. Uh, <laughs> I never saw anything like that before. And so, like, so kind of like testing it. Yeah, a screw, I guess, would be as good as anything else. Yeah, mine might do that too. All right, so you threw a screw into the circular thing, yeah. circular or, area. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, a couple. Of, I've talked to a couple of physicists. They uh, they call it a vortex, but uh, all right, you threw it into what we'll call the vortex. Yeah. All right, what happened to the screw? Uh, and uh, I threw it in there, and uh, it like I didn't see it after that. It disappeared. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he he ripped open a portal. Now here's the thing, though: the screw only disappeared for like a second, and then it came back. Oh. So the question was, Ooh. did it just jump forward in time? Oh. Okay. So that's what he's asking himself right now is like, did I create some sort of portal that pushed the screw in time by one second? So then it disappeared for one second and then came back and I saw it and then it fell down. That's what's going through this guy's mind right now. That was his immediate thought. Yeah. This man is much more intelligent than I am. Do you want to see what he looks like? Absolutely. So Chris, here's a picture of Markham here. 
as you can see wow a gigantic mane of red hair going down below like his like his chest this man plays a lot of dungeons and dragons hell yeah he does dude because he's a man of science and knowledge and wisdom that's exactly right (laughs) so he has to figure out what's going on right but he doesn't really understand it but the thing is art bell super vibes what's happening right now but you're telling me this thing disappeared uh, yeah, it either, it either, it's, and that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. It's did, it either did one or two things. It went half a second into the future and then I caught up with it, or it, uh, I made, I made like a real intense magnetic field. And that's what I'm like, that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. All right, this is fascinating, uh, Michael. It really is because, uh, there are aspects of what you have done that are very much like I've interviewed the people who did the Philadelphia experiment, Michael. Yeah, that's what the Montauk project is. Like, yeah, and you're that. and you're you're messing with the same sort of stuff. He is messing with the same type of stuff, dude. I mean, I immediately thought of the Philadelphia experiment as well. Just blasting high energy at something. I don't know. Yeah. What, if what you haven't if you haven't listened to the Philadelphia experiment episode, go back and listen to that as well. But that's exactly what's happening, right? Cuz the Philadelphia experiment said they could blast the ship with uh, yeah. electromagnetism and then they would create a bubble around it. Right. And then that would make it turn invisible. He and just created a very small bubble. He created a very small bubble. And that bubble with the Philadelphia experiment also sent two dudes into the future. Right. So same thing. But they also had in like an infinite amount more power than this guy even had, even with six transformers. You can't get, they had battleships of Tesla coils. Yeah, they had a lot more power to make the, a lot bigger of a, of a bubble, but also he doesn't have the Transformers yet. So right now he's still in the test phase. He's just playing around right now. He's just playing around with his little with his little uh, Jacob's Ladder. He, he actually made it using uh, parts from a CD player as well. So he had these two big poles, and then he used the laser from the CD player to stabilize the Jacob's Ladder. I have no idea what that means, but he that's how he did it. Sure. So I, I just accept that as truth. Um, and things that make sense scientifically. Sure, somebody can do that. Once again, if you're an electrical engineer, please email us. I have no idea. Zero clue. So once he makes this little baby vortex, he's like, I got to make this bigger, dude. When did you finally get this brilliant light bulb of an idea to build a larger unit? Well, it's like a, a half. It's like a, a half a second. It's not not very much. But uh, I figure if I make a, a bigger one, it'd send it farther. That way, I could really like tell if it's like really like uh, if I was like sending it through time or if I was just sending it through an intense magnetic field. So that makes sense to me, dude. More juice, more boom. You know what yeah. I mean? You're going to juice it up, dude. You're going to really send a nail pretty far into the future. Yeah, like, if you get a couple Transformers, you got to get yourself, like, five minutes into the future at least. Five minutes into the future at least with a nail. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, right? It has to work that way. So, he wants to make it bigger. Once again, still doing all this on his porch. So, then he gets the idea to go jack some Transformers. That that's That's his first idea. Yeah, what else would you think of? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any idea. I wouldn't have thought to do any of this stuff. 
this man's just tinkering. I'm like, I'm like now like asking myself, what am I doing with my life? I, mean, I couldn't do any of this. Dude, you know, if, if he was born in a different century, the man would be Thomas Edison. Right. He deserves those kinds of accolades, in my opinion. Real, So it gets even better? <laughs> well, not really. It gets, oh, okay. it gets more right. ridiculous. Oh, okay. Okay. So okay. He goes out to steal these Transformers. He's a madman for a reason, He's right? He's a madman. He's just a madman, and I love him. How did it dawn on you to, what's the word we should use, borrow? one of the, or several of the power companies, Transformers? You well, uh, originally what I was going to do, I was, I was like, uh, I was like originally going to like buy them, like there's like a, a Transformer company in Kansas City that makes them for the power company. and uh, Well, there was an idea. Yeah, but uh, it's like, uh, I could have like saved my money and bought, and bought those, but those are expensive. Yeah, how much does a Transformer cost, dude? They gotta be mad expensive. In 1995, it was about $13,000 for each Transformer wholesale. He stole $13,000 per unit. Yeah, it was a lot of money. <laughs> in 1995 dollars. Six units? Mm -hmm. I can't do math, but that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money, man. And that's in and in this economy, that's a ton of money. Can you imagine what it was in 95? Yeah, man. He he got in trouble for it. That's why they were mad. Is because he stole some very expensive equipment. But to be fair, Chris, the power company wasn't using them. Yeah, dude, they were just sitting in some warehouse. Like, what if a transformer exploded and I just stole all the transformers and they didn't have any backups? But like, it was just sitting there. It was just sitting there. You had two big poles on your porch. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, three inch, three eighth inch metal rods. Really? How yeah. big? You mean how long? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, roughly four feet. Oh, that would have made a big spark. Yeah. Big spark. And uh, so you had the the rods, and you needed the transformers desperately. Yeah. You probably could have saved up for it, but you didn't. You made a mistake. Yeah. And I was you. In a hurry. So what did you do? Did you sneak into their yard? But uh, these you... these were just uh, sitting by a, a substation in King City. Just sitting there. They were just sitting. Yeah, just sitting. They've been. Uh, they've been sitting there for ever since I moved to Missouri. So. You hated to see them uh, languishing without use. Yeah. Well, they were just sitting there rusting. They were just sitting there rusting. So I figured they wouldn't mind if I used them for a little bit. Dude. So him and his buddies got a pickup truck and picked up six transformers at eleven o'clock in the morning. Just in broad daylight. Yeah, 11 a.m. They It wasn't even noon yet, dude. Like, you can't even start drinking yet, and they're jacking six Transformers. That's unbelievable, dude. He's a, That's that why he's incredible. a madman. This, he is a bad. He didn't see anything wrong with what he was doing. He was doing science. I, was, I'm experimenting. There are resources making, out there. He was making discoveries. Yeah, it's great. He, he is kind of a madman, dude. He is. So here's why he took six, though, because he didn't need six. There was no. no reason for him to steal six Transformers. No, that was insane. I see. And you had how many of them? Six. Why six, Michael? Well, uh, I, mean, I mean, why did you feel you needed six? Well, originally, I was just going to take a couple of them, but it's like a... You got carried away. Yeah, pretty much. I got carried away <laughs> when I realized these are just free $13,000 Transformers. May as well just grab a couple of them.
those are super heavy, dude. That truck was really weighted down. Yeah, he must have had a pretty badass truck, dude. It must have been like an F three fifty or something. That you know, I feel like that many transformers in the tr- in the bed of your truck. Maybe they had a trailer. I don't know. Maybe they had a tra- well or a dually, maybe or something yeah. like that. A farm truck being out in the middle of nowhere, Missouri. Yeah, but it's a pretty heavy duty truck, dude. Those are heavy. They're very heavy. And one of the funniest things about this is that one of the transformers was from like the nineteen twenties. And there wasn't really much that he could do with it. So he just broke it open and stripped it for copper. This is a madman. This is truly <laughs> he a sold man. the copper off. This man is just just committing felonies left and right with no regard whatsoever. But I don't even know if he's processing that it's wrong in any way. I, I think, think he's just so. like, there's some transformers out there. I'm building a time machine. I need them. They've been sitting out there since I moved here. I figured no one cared. I figured Bob's your uncle. All right. So he's got his six transformers. They're on his porch. He has his giant four foot metal rods also on his porch to make the Jacob's ladder slash wormhole slash vortex. So he plugs in the transformer. Now. So you, you did though, you nevertheless uh, hooked it up and you, you turned it on, didn't you? Uh, yeah. I hooked up the smallest one that I could hook up without like overloading the cable and causing a fire. Yeah. What happened? Uh, well, it's pretty. Just that in itself is just like a, a a giant Jacob's ladder, like a. How 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 um, how far apart were you able to get these poles and still produce the spark? Uh, about eighteen inches. Eighteen inches. This thing has a ton of power. Yeah, so this thing is juiced up. The rods are eighteen inches apart, which is a pretty solid distance. That's a good distance. And there is a giant, like, metal, I mean, uh, electric spark just going up and down and up and down on it. Right. A four-foot-tall, between two metal, just a lot of power. I would be terrified of burning my house down, but apparently he was good on it, so. The whole thing is nuts. The whole thing is insane. He is definitely a madman. And the thing is, when he mentions, like, you know, I didn't want to burn out my cables and burn my house down, he actually had bought new cables that could handle the increased electric load, but he just hadn't installed them yet. So normally, if you have problems with your cables, you call the electric company, but he didn't want to flag the electric company that he stole transformers because they would be like, why do you need these heavy duty cables? There's no reason anyone needs this for their house. So he had to buy it himself. He was going to install it, but he didn't get there yet. Dude, inexplicable. There were there was so much thought put into this. Inexplicable. Now Old apparently to create a Jacob's ladder, dude. This yeah. is insane. So apparently, if you take a transformer and plug it into your house and start drawing power to feed into a Jacob's ladder, it can black out a town. Dude, especially a town this small, absolutely. When you did this, according to the newspaper, you bl- blacked out or browned out portions of your whole town is that correct uh yeah i was like overloading the power grid because uh i was drawing more power than i thought it was well what got you caught was that what got you caught uh no uh 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 in a, in a nutshell uh, a friend uh, a friend of mine was uh at my house as well uh, uh somebody squealed on you uh i don't know I don't know what happened, but uh, exactly, and I'll probably never know. That's in the past. I ain't really worried about that now, but uh, what happened was a friend of mine, like, from my house, uh, uh, 
shot a BB gun, like shot up my next door neighbor's went the flying glass door window. Uh-huh. And I, I like got the cops snooping around. Oh no, the dreaded friend with the BB gun, dude. Yeah, apparently that's the dangerous. thing that's yeah, what tipped the cops off had nothing to do with him stealing a bunch of transformers. It was his buddy blasting windows with a BB gun. I just find that hard to believe if he was stealing that much power. You would think someone would have noticed. Maybe it takes longer than that. They're probably used to like weird spikes and stuff that it's only after an increased amount of time where you get a whole lot of power being used Mm -hmm. that anything would be of suspect. Well, and here's the thing. We're actually going to hear from the cop that arrested him in just a bit who calls in. So we'll get to hear the cop side of the story, too. No way. Yeah, he just calls in. Wasn't playing at all. He was just listening to the show. That's unbelievable. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, you know, we always say it's like cops, security guards, truck drivers, like who listens to the show? Who's awake at 3 a.m.? Right. Well, and I imagine that this guy being on Coast to Coast AM would have been a pretty big deal to a certain crowd of people. And a town this small, dude, that would have gone through like wildfire. Dude, the arresting officer would have immediately gotten a call like, hey, that guy you arrested, he's on the radio. He's on the radio right now, right now. So before we get into that, though, apparently he did mess up some people's TVs. Whoops. That's the reason. I kind of want, that's one of the reasons I moved from Stanbury, because uh, half that town wants my head on a pole, I have the feeling. You mean they don't like you now? Uh, well, it's like, a, I don't know if this is like, I don't know if this is just another unfounded rumor or not, but like uh, a lot of those people's television sets are ruined and stuff like that, because uh, I was like drawing so much power and it was like, uh... Like, normally it's between 110 and 120 volt outlet. And, well, it's like a, they were estimating, this is this what I've heard. I don't know if it's a fact or not, but they were estimating. I was, like, bringing it down to, like, 80 volts, 89 volts. That is damaging to electronic gear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this guy was drawing so much power that no one else could get enough power, and it was actually breaking their appliances. That, dude, this is this is an incredible, incredible story. And all wild. of this... All of this legitimately happened. Yeah, this is this is all real. This, this is, is actually all documented. 100% real. Yep. This there are newspaper stories and everything to detail that this thing actually happened. Yeah, so when we get to the end of this, I'll go through the paper trail of Mike Markham okay. and where, you know, what happened to him, but there yep. are newspaper clippings that are available that you can find online of him getting arrested for doing exactly this thing. Wow. Okay. Now, so the the extent that he actually damaged appliances is not necessarily substantiated, but right. he did brown out sections of his town trying to make a time machine on his front. Yeah, you can imagine. You can imagine that he probably sent energy spikes through, especially to houses nearby. Mm-hmm. I can definitely believe that. Yeah. So naturally, Art has to ask the obvious question: If you got this working, were you gonna go into the Jacobs ladder? You weren't going to walk into the middle of that spark gap, were you? Uh, no. Uh, I was like, if, well, I like made the big version. If it did the same thing, I was like going like do like throw something else for it, like uh, not uh, something that's like uh, uh, something a little bigger than a screw to disappear, maybe. Yeah, like maybe an orange or something like that. And if it came out like in one piece without getting fried to crisp, then 
Would you have eventually done it if the orange came out okay and then maybe you tossed a cat in or something? Uh, <laughs> the cat came I out of I was going to say that, but I figured, oh, well, I guess. You, you, were going to toss a, you were going to toss a cat in. Uh, well, if everything else came out all right, like totally unscathed. Then, then the cat would have gone like, in. Like, I, well, I'd probably try something that was alive and small, like a grasshopper or something like that. That would be good. Yeah. Before the cat. <laughs> yeah, you got to work your way up. And that was what I was thinking. I was like, actually, an orange is pretty st- smart because it kind of has a skin around it and then a fleshy inside. So that would be a good kind of, uh, if you're going to go with an inanimate object, an orange is a good substitute for a human. Yeah, I mean, they actually use oranges to teach surgeons and, and doctors how to sew where you cut the orange and then you stitch up the orange because it's pretty oh, yeah, similar to right. human skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout yeah. out to our mom who uh, taught me that. So oh. so oh, the thing about the cat, though, this is the second time we have gotten a cat being sacrificed in the name of an experiment because this also happened on Mel's Hole. Art's a cat guy, isn't he? He is a huge cat guy. He had like four cats, I think, at any given wow, time. Wow, big cat guy. Yeah, so his first thought was like, oh, this little asshole that's sitting at my feet, toss him in. Yeah, toss toss this cat in. Let's see what happens. <laughs> toss the cat down the hole. Yeah, and just for the record, this is a very pro-cat podcast, okay? Do not harm your cats. Yeah, it's Art Bell saying it, not us. That's right. We're, we would never throw the cat in the, in the arc hole. The the Jacob's ladder vortex. vortex. Yeah. The Jacob's really ladder vortex. I think your grasshopper is a good first start. That's a great yeah. first start. And the we'll funny thing is, there. the newspapers reached out to physicists, and the physicists were like, Well, it's not impossible, but you're more likely to burn your house down than actually make a time machine. That's what the physicist said. Yeah, it was like physicists from like the University of Kansas City said that, which is the best response he could have given. Listen, I'm not saying it's impossible. It's unlikely, but he could have opened up a portal. I don't know. It's unlikely. It's pretty dangerous. Okay. Don't try this at home. Could have worked. Could have worked. (laughs) (laughs) Not out of the bounds of possibility. I've heard of crazier things. So naturally, Art then asks, hey, if you had built this and you were able to go through it, what would you do? And honestly, dude, Mike's answer is pretty nice. Um, let's say that you produced a time machine, Michael, and you actually managed to go either forward or reverse in time. Um, what would you use it for? Uh, the time machine? Uh-huh. Uh, heck, there's possibilities. are endless. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> uh, like, uh, right now there's like an AIDS plague, kind of like a 20th century Black Death, but... That's right. Yeah, so I, uh, I don't know exactly when they're going to have, like, a vaccine for AIDS or anything like that, but... But you might try to bring one back. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a good answer. That's a good answer, dude. He's a humanitarian. Yeah, it's 1995. You know, the AIDS yeah. epidemic is, is really going hard right now. And right. he would use it to get a vaccine from the future. Yeah, let's help people. Let's He's a man people. of the people in the end. Yeah, let's help people, dude. Yes. Madman Markham, dude. But that's the thing, dude. Saints are madmen. Saints are madmen. You know, you're not wrong. You're not wrong here. And that's why I like him so much. It's because he just seems like a nice guy who wanted to make a time machine. And who can really blame him? I don't blame him. If I accidentally made a time machine, 
I think I would try to scale it up. Yeah. I think I would really legitimately try to scale it up. Now, he does get some callers after this, right? And some of the callers are like, hey, Mike, listen, if you end up getting this to work, you need to make sure to publish the articles and don't sell out, like don't sell it to corporations because they're going to immediately try and take the patent. So big, big corporations are going to control the time machine. So let him do it. And he's like, I would never do that because. No, dude, this is a man of the people. Mm -hmm. This is a man of the people. And then after that, the arresting officer calls in. No, what, dude? I'm so excited for this. This is going to be incredible. Hi, this is Stanbury, Missouri. Are you arresting a- officer? Oh, uh, you are the uh, Tom Hampton. Hi, Mike. How you doing, boy? Hey, you still got my diary, don't you? You bet. Sit here on desk. You are the arresting officer. Yes, sir. Uh, well, I'll be darned. Um, <laughs> wow. It's it's uh, great to meet you. I don't know if it's great for Michael. Uh, are you guys friends? Well, are we friends, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Well, I had to sit there and listen to him for uh, about six, ten hours while I was sitting there in prison. So, uh, yeah, you can say we're friends. You still have my diary. Dude, that was the most small town interaction of all time where he immediately was like, oh, hey, man, you still got my stuff. He's like, yeah, still got it on the desk. On the desk right now looking at it. Just uh, thought I'd call into the Art Bell show. Just wanted to say howdy. (laughs) See how you're doing. How you doing? Arrest an officer here. Give the oh, we go back. way back. We go way back. Yeah, but give the diary back, man. He's out of prison already. Like, come on, you don't get to keep that stuff, dude. That's where he was putting all of his calculations in and stuff. Oh, you're right. It's probably not like talking about his day. It's it's schematics for his time machine. The FBI stopped by and said, "We're going to need to take a look at that." Actually, and like went to kinko's and scanned it yes a couple men in black knocked on the door of the sheriff's apartment and uh stole it yeah no doubt all right so let's hear the officer's story so what was his side of all this i can't wait what was the basis of the warrant what did you think was going on there uh we had received information that uh michael had uh, these transformers in his residence and that they were had been stolen that's where we found out they were stolen, and we had, with the information we had, it gave us enough information to go ahead and get uh, a search warrant. How did you feel that, I mean, did you think you were dealing with a madman or what? Uh, no, I had uh, met Mike, oh, I guess by the second day after he came back into the, or came into the state on another search warrant deal. I see. And uh, talked to him uh, just a little bit that day. He appeared to be an intelligent person. He's done this before. Yeah, this is not his first interaction with Mike. Apparently, you know, this has happened before. They get the flag that, hey, some kid has a bunch of Transformers. And then they get the search warrant. They walk in. They're like, yep, they're the Transformers. You're coming with us. (laughs) He didn't even really try to hide them. They were right there on the front porch. They were just sitting there. Now, the porch porch was enclosed, but they were just sitting there on the porch. They were just sitting there, yeah. And then no tarp over them, not trying to hide them behind furniture. Just sitting out there. Yeah, the two poles were sitting right there. He Ark was sitting there going. We said, son, you're going to have to turn that (laughs) off and come with us. Now, the funny thing is that they also talked to the power company and they they were getting weird surges from that area. So that was when they were like, yeah, someone probably stole a transformer. We should go check it out. 
I was going to say, how else would you be able to get that kind of crazy surge like that? Once again, not a scientist. Don't know, but I assume no that it's the Transformer. Please, Induction. I'm begging you. If you are an electrical engineer, give us a dummies version on this. I promise you there will be an addendum episode. An addendum episode. Yeah, it'll be it'll be great. We need the help. We need the help for sure. So, Chris, to Madman Markham's internet history, because there are a lot of conspiracies out there on YouTube and TikTok specifically about Madman Markham in his time machine. He actually did it, right? He actually disappeared. There are those who say that he did, because on the episode, we didn't play the clips, but he says that he's going to continue to try. Right. Right. This time he's going to buy the transformer illegally, but he's not going to give up on his time machine idea. How's he going to get $13,000 to buy a transformer? You're going to save up. That's priorities. That's a, that's a lot lot of money. Yeah, I guess so, dude. If they're just like, I got to get this transformer eating a lot of tuna. Yeah, maybe. All right. So a clipping from the Boca Raton news on April 16th, 1995. Like I said, this is actually in newspapers. So from this newspaper, uh, the headline is a good plan in theory. Michael E. Markham, 21, was arrested for the theft of six 350-pound power company transformers in Stantonbury, Missouri, in January. Markham said he needed the transformers for, quote, time machine that he was building. He said that he wanted to transport himself into the future for a few days, find out the winning lottery numbers, and then return to buy a ticket. Great idea. Not That's a bad a great idea. idea. Could and you then, imagine? Could you imagine being able to go into the future to like horse races and lottery numbers and all kinds of crazy stuff? It would be insane. You could make they so would much figure, money. You would you would be figured out very quickly though. Well, you'd have to be smart about it, right? It was you like would have the, to be uh, very intelligent about yeah. it. The MIT kids, you know, who had that system uh, for beating blackjack. You know, you got to rotate. You can't be too obvious about it. Right. Um, you got to be you got to be smart. You got to be smart. Yeah. You'd have to come up with some rules. Mm-hmm. It's all about having the, you know, the the guardrails. That's right. Can't yeah. get too greedy. Don't get greedy. Don't get Don't greedy. So in the New York Times magazine in 1996, Markham also comes up. So reading from the New York Times magazine in late September, Markham vanished. And the St. Joseph News Press chillingly reported that he had been evicted from his apartment, allegedly for transporting a cat a block away. Markham resurfaced last month, taking umbrage with the cat deal, saying it just ain't true. As for his gizmo, he plans to test it as soon as he solves the sticky problem of controlling when and where it sends him. Right now, he says, this would only make a good garbage disposal. This was published in the New York Times. The New York Times Magazine, yes. What was the context of the article? It was just about Markham. Just was, they, just like a little expose about this guy. Just about this guy that tried to build a time machine. Yeah, this is this is a crazy person. I mean, he's fascinating. He's absolutely mm-hmm. fascinating and totally right. The officer's totally right. You can tell he's intelligent. Mm-hmm. All yeah, right, you- give me another one. I gotta know more, dude. All right. So as of 1996, he's been evicted from his house. uh, And then he also has another uh, episode on Art Bell's show where he goes on and says he's still working on his time machine. That's where he basically disappears. Someone goes here. Anything from him from 1996 on. Not initially. So 
quoting from a post on AboveTopSecret.com, which is a forum, and this was posted in 2009. You're going into the metadata, dude. I had to go deep into the internet for this, Chris. So reading from AboveTopSecret.com. I heard a rumor that after Markham disappeared, a listener called in to Art to talk about a strange news story that he had uncovered. Back in the 20s or 30s, police found a man dead on the beach in California. He was crushed to death inside a strange metal tube. The man was unrecognizable and a mysterious device was found near his body. The caller said the device looked like a cell phone in the photo. Markham told Art that he would take a cell phone with him if he ever tested the machine on himself, meaning Mike Markham was stuck in the past. No way. Did he actually tell Art that? He did. He did on the second airing. He said that if he makes it work, he's going to take a cell phone with him and go into the future. Was this article ever actually shown? What are you mean? The article of the guy who died on the beach? Yes. So that is the big question. Nobody's been able to find that article. No. Likely because it does not exist, but it is all over the internet that someone was found in the 20s or 30s with a cell phone dead on a beach in Miami. That's a big story that people talk about, and it comes specifically from someone who called into Art Bell's show. I can't find the call, but the rumor mill is a buzz on it. Now, here's oh, the issue with that's, it, Chris. That's a little disappointing. That's a it little is disappointing. A little, it is a little bit. Here's the issue with this conspiracy that has developed. In September 4th, 2015, Mike Markham actually calls into Art Bell's show, Midnight in the Desert, to talk with Art. No way. Calls so he, in. Yeah. 2015. In 2015, he calls back in. So this is when Art had disappeared from the radio, and then he came back with Midnight in the Desert, his new show, and he has Mike on. Now, during this, this is almost show, twenty. This is almost 20 years later. It's about exactly 20 years later, yeah. He is on Art's show, and during the show, he talks about how he lost his house in a fire and that he lost all of the equipment for his experiments. And then he also launched a GoFundMe in 2016 to raise money for further research. But apparently, he only raised like $10 on it, which is kind of a bummer. That's all the Madman Markham could make? Apparently. Apparently, he did not get much traction on GoFundMe. So the rumor mill loves talking about him, but the rumor mill doesn't like helping him out, huh? Yeah, and it's funny how many videos I've seen of people talking about how he disappeared into the past when he has a paper trail in the present. Right. You can still find this man to this day. You can find him to this day. So there's a website called paranormalforum.net. And in 2022, a man on that forum who claims to be Mike Markham started posting. Now, reading from his post where he was a bit frustrated by all the rumors going about him. Rumors are blazing that I am dead, not well, and had time traveled back to 1930-something where I died on a beach in a tube. Whoever posted those pictures of a redhead, that is not me. It was some school kid with my name that someone a long time ago attributed to me. Whatever was found in the 1930s was not me, and I've read that that was debunked, but I can't find the article. There you go, dude. The article doesn't exist. Markham is alive, as far as we know, allegedly. Yeah, and that's know, the thing. Dude. He verifies he lives in Hawaii, uh, and he also has an active Facebook profile, and he seems to be some sort of, like, metalwork artist now. Right. So he's got, like, some so cool stuff there, going on. You can find Mike Markham if you were looking for him. Yeah, you can find him on Facebook. Yeah. Not disappeared to the 1930s. No, the 1930s. And the other thing about that 1930s dead body with a cell phone that was attributed to Markham, 
it seems entirely made up from what I can tell. So I was was unable to find any evidence of a John Doe that was crushed in the 1930s on a Florida beach. And the cold case aficionados on the subreddit tip of my crime have already looked into this and they were not able to find any John Doe's who matched that description or died in that way in Florida in the 1930s. Yeah, we're looking for a, a long redhead in a Slayer shirt uh, with a cell phone in his pocket. Can we find anything about that in the 1930s? And that no, was the biggest nothing. bummer. I was really hoping that that picture existed and that there was a body with a cell phone next to it. But That would it's, be crazy. It sounds like someone just called into art, said that, and then, you know, it, it survives on the internet to this day. That's disappointing. Also a little disappointing that, like, you can totally just find this guy being a metal artist somewhere. He seems to have a really nice life. I think he has a family up in Hawaii now, just kind of hanging out on the beach. Living in Hawaii, yeah, hanging out, dude. Sounds great. Madman Markham living the life. So I was asked by our listener to track down Madman Markham because uh, he did not know what had happened to him, and we have now found him. You found so him. We did our job today, Chris. Yeah, man, you, you you uncovered something. I once again journalism, kind of journalism, <laughs> kind of. I didn't do anything, dude. I was following around. I had never heard of Madman Markham before today. Thanks to Brendan, uh, you're a laddie, mate. I don't know. That was awful. That was bad, and that was bad. That was so bad. I don't have any idea. Top of know. the morning. Stop. <laughs> No, <laughs> you're done. All right, Chris, scale of one to five Jacob's ladders on your front porch. What do you give the story of Madman Markham? Five, easy five Jacob's ladder. Dude, I want to be friends with Madman Markham. I am also going to give him five. He sounds awesome. He sounds totally awesome. I want to be friends with him. I want to get into schemes. Yeah, I think I would have not have been in the truck for stealing thirteen thousand dollar transformers i think i would have i think i would have skipped that particular scheme but a lot of the other schemes i would have totally been a part of well and the bummer on that part is that all of his buddies also got arrested for stealing the transformers right yeah well that's gonna happen definitely all accomplices you 350 pound equipment dude you at least need two pretty solid guys the cops are going to be like, so who helped you with this? Yeah, so you didn't do this by yourself. You didn't lift six of these and yeah. then carry them into your house. Yeah, that not possible. Even with a dolly, you're not doing this. Yeah. You're a very smart guy. You had help. Yeah. So, uh, Markham, uh, hope he's having a great time out in Hawaii. Uh, you can check out his work on his Facebook. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for today, Chris. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. All conspiracy, all the time. Later.